Down is a show where four Catholic men opine on current affairs of the world, on matters of faith, culture, and politics. It's unfiltered, it's daring, and it's certainly unapologetic. The Rundown is a weekly news show. But it's more than that. It's a family of like-minded Catholics who are preparing for the coming chastisement. We cover church news, politics, and current events around the world, linking them in a way no one else does, giving you the perspective no one else can. The Rundown is not meant for children because it informs and prepares parents, young adults, seminarians, even priests watch The Rundown to know about the most pressing and evolving threats to the Catholic faith today. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Well, good evening and welcome to The Rundown where the Fab Four assemble every night. This is your News addiction, your Friday night roundup of the best top stories that you never heard in the mainstream media. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the presidential debate and also the presidential contender who did not attend the debates, who incidentally probably won in so doing. Also, I think COVID's a thing. I'm not sure. Let's talk about it. guest hosting ryan is on his way ladies and gentlemen and he's not here but we have been it's been decided that we're going to get started tonight top story trump is indicted again he uh, goes to fulton county georgia 
He takes the mugshot seen around the world. He goes onto the uh, social media platform formerly known as Twitter, and he basically uh, twists the narrative, um, pulls a uh, judo move, posts his own mugshot, which most people would be ashamed of. He's not, I guess. And griffs off of it. The grifter uh, in chief, Father Martin, you got to admire the guy. I mean, nothing could get him down, not even a fourth indictment or turning himself in. By the way, he's selling, he is selling campaign bumper stickers that say never surrender. And it's the <laughs> image of him surrendering. surrendering. <laughs> uh, I may have, may or not, may or may not have bought a couple of them for 12 bucks on, uh, on uh, Trump.com. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Times we live in where going with the your opponent's agenda, surrounding to your agenda is actually something that is positive for your own in the sense that him surrendering to uh, the leftist DA down in Atlanta, Georgia, um, gets him a mugshot and rallies up his troops uh, and, and ends up being more um, pressed for him. Sorry, I'm eating cake. I thought you were going to talk longer. It's okay. It's okay because I have a question for right here. Now, now Ryan, I yes. saw these videos of Trump driving in Atlanta, and you cannot deny that there is there is a wave of enthusiasm. Uh, we used to call it, the CIA taught us to call this blowback. Like yeah. when, we, when we go blow up people's houses in the Mideast and then create more terrorists, they're like, oh, that's called blowback. When you indict Donald Trump, this is called blowback. Y'all see it, man. Which one are you in, though? Somebody they got everybody. Look at that fraud. Over that, there's a plenty of, uh, of people of color, Ryan, who are supporting DJT 45. What do you think of that? I think it's similar to why you have, uh, even though the left puts out the the communist dog whistles as they as it were, saying, "Oh, you can't like this song, white rich men north of uh, Richmond or whatever, white men north of Richmond or whatever the song was." Um, you, know, you can't like that. That's racist. Who who's listening to that thing in droves? You know, uh, black people also Hispanics, also white people, working class white people. There, it's amazing to me how, um, you know, there is uh, there's this groundswell of support and this wide thing. People kind of, I, I liken it to, you know, again, when the experts come out now, ever since COVID, people are like, looking the other way. Um, most black people in this country know their lives haven't gotten any better. And there is a turn. I'm seeing that turn, actually. There are more and more saying, you know, the the left is they're probably the much they're so racist whenever we get off the plantation 
um, that they've set up for us. Who, who uh, would have known? Um, I can't tell you how many people they're secular. They used to be leftists. Now they're supporting Trump. They're not even really that conservative. They're supporting Trump. And they're people who, you know, they're, they're you know, I've seen like pop culture influencers or whatnot. Uh, one lady, what's her name? I, her, her online thing is Gothics, spelled with an X. Not Catholic, not particularly religious, not particularly conservative either. Uh, she is now. Um, because just by opposing one thing, she and, and her husband were called the most viciously racist terms you can imagine by the, the ever so loving tender left. So you're seeing that kind of thing. And it's amazing kind of how it, 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 Trump just there, there's something otherworldly about it. Uh, and when I say otherworldly, I mean, just that you just can't put your finger on why he has this groundswell support. Uh, you know, back when he was president, people would go out, people would go to these rallies. Um, and he's not even running for anything. It's like a year into his term. People are going to Trump rallies uh, far more religiously than they ever went to church. Um, you know, he's the only one that can command a room. He, I mean, you look at the fact that he does this milk toast interview with Tucker Carlson. Doesn't cover almost anything as that's particularly significant or that he hasn't already said before. And more than, th I think, what is it, up to three to one? Uh, in terms of more viewership than the actual presidential debates that Fox News is having. And, you know, the establishment's like, well, Trump's indicted now, so obviously he's not going to make it for president. He'll be in jail. Oh, man. I, I, think it's like, I think it's like 10 to 1. I mean, that's, the Tucker thing's headed to a billion views, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into oh, well, that. Yeah, I was looking at it earlier. It's about 150 million views when I, when I saw it, I think it was it last night, compared to 50 million in terms of the debate views. I would stick with that only because the Tucker thing being online can keep getting more views and, and whatever the ratings are coming out of Nielsen or whoever, I don't think they're accounting for further people who view the Republican debates afterward, which at this point, I think is probably just going to be uh, journalists or people like us grabbing clips to throw together for something. So yeah. the average people just do not care. Yeah, well, and also there's the retweets and the uh, people who are cutting clips of it and putting it out on social media as well. The talk May I say, uh, and I, I should notify you this, uh, Major Parrot, since you are our diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. Reporting for duty. It takes two Mexicans to do the job of one black man. Speaking of which, hey, Alberto, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> I want to get your take uh, on the on the Trump thing. Trump is indicted now for the fourth time. Uh, let's segue a little bit into some of the questions asked him by Tucker uh, that Ryan brought up. One of the questions that Tucker asked, a very reasonable one, I think, Tucker says, Trump, look, first of all, they said that you cheated and colluded with Russia. There was a hoax. Then they, they impeached you. That didn't work. They impeached you again. That didn't work. They indicted you. Not once, not twice, not three times, four times. The only way to escalate this is to kill you. Will they kill him? No. <laughs> the show's too good. You know, as much as as we see uh, former Twitter now X. Well, Elon Musk, who owns X, he's the one that wants to put chips in all of our brains. He's developing, as we all know. I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory. He's developing that. So it's all part of the show. I just enjoy it. Uh, had my couple of laughs. I, I watched the Tucker interview. I did not watch the debate because I don't even know how you watch the debate. That's probably where, where the Fox News and the mainstream media is going a little bit to boomer is that I don't even know how to where I could watch the debate. All that I watch you don't you don't have a television? No. 
Uh, you don't have cable news? You don't I have don't Hulu? Nope. Wow. So I, I, I didn't even know how to watch it. But I knew how I, I, I could obviously watch the Tucker interview on X. He asked, asked some, some uh, decent questions. But, uh, and I think it was meant more to be like a, a publicity stunt for Trump. So I'll go a little bit easy on, on Tucker on that. Because that's clearly what it was. Uh, but Tucker is clearly very much anti-vaccine. Uh, I would have liked him to have pressed, or maybe in a future interview, press Trump on that on that very topic. That I'm well, sure yeah, that that's, a that's lot of people yeah. I mean, when when Ryan says milk toast, that's one of the reasons why I would I would tend to agree. Uh, neither COVID came up, uh, nor really Afghanistan. Uh, uh, not much of foreign policy came up. Uh, Ukraine only came up in passing. Uh, so lots of things were not talked about on uh, the interview, but Adrian Fonseca driving uh, through who knows where, the Lone Star State. One of the things that was discussed was Jeff Epstein, and Trump contends that Epstein very likely did kill himself. Trump believes Epstein killed himself. To me, that was a low point of the debate. How did you see it? Yeah, I was kind of with the interview with um, Tucker Carlson. Um, if I was inclined to believe some uh, more radical conspiracy theories, I'd be like, they both got replaced, Trump and Tucker Carlson, because the the uh, ambiance of the of the characters were gone, were gone. The Tucker Carlson was not hard hitting. He was softballed everything. He didn't ask him any hard questions. Trump was not his normal witty self. Um, he gave very mediocre answers on everything, very left off to, to be desired. I left listening to it thinking, I guess I want DeSantis or maybe even the, the Hindu guy, Vivek, uh, based on what I'm seeing here. And it was sad because I thought the, the debate between the uh, other candidates was also garbage. Uh, though a little amusing at times. It's kind of funny. I laughed a couple of times. Um, especially the comparison of Vivek to Obama was, was rather hilarious. But um, overall, the whole situation, it was just a waste of a whole night uh, all the way across the board. Everybody... It sounded like they wanted to take sides, but it, the whole thing was a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, we'll get into the debate here in a little bit. I want to stay on Tucker because uh, I know that all five of us probably watched the Tucker thing. Um, I'm, we, it's, I don't think it's necessary to show the clips because we can just basically talk about what he, what he, what was said. Let me go back to you, Father Martin. Um, outside of the 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 dearth of hard questions. One of the things that really struck me was Tucker Carlson. First of all, outside of the fact of like the historical significance of the idea that there is a renegade journalist on a social media platform, non-corporate media, who is interviewing a former president of the United States and basically advising him that he's about to be assassinated. That's the only way to raise the... I mean, setting that aside... I thought it was very interesting that he started asking Trump, you know, all kinds of questions about like the CIA and the inner workings of the Department of State and like how, um, you know, how Trump, wh whether or not Trump knew what was going on at CIA. And it started to get interesting. And I was actually kind of drawn in and Trump was saying, well, I don't really know what happened at CIA, but I killed Baghdadi and I killed Soleimani and the CIA didn't do those things and whatever. And, and then, uh, and I was very surprised about CIA. And then Tucker goes, well, what what about the CIA's uh, behavior surprised you? And then Trump just kind of like 
waffled on it and said, well, you know, the, the behavior of the people. And then immediately, immediately Trucker, who's Tucker, who's not CIA, changes the subject to Mike Pence. What about Mike Pence? That guy's weird. I mean, literally, I was like, this is about to get interesting. Trump's about to finally spill the beans on these bastards at the three-letter agencies. And, oh, let's talk about Mike Pence, the most forgettable guy in the history of politics. Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, maybe maybe Tucker was protecting himself a little bit or maybe just uh, giving you a bit of a cliffhanger so you tune in next time. I'm sure this isn't the last uh, Tucker Carlson interview of, of uh, former President Trump, so I'm sure he, he wants to keep you coming back for more. I think that's, that's one thing. Um, but also, I have to say about Tucker, I'm not, I'm not so surprised about uh, his kind of floppy. I mean, I put out a poll on my Twitter account last night um, before the, the debates began. And I asked, okay, is Tucker going to go hardball or softball on Trump? Because we all know what happened to Mike Pence when Tucker Carlson interviewed him. And, you know, he was just destroying careers, just interviewing people and just destroying their careers. So I was like, all right, is, is Tucker going to ask some hard questions this time? Is he going to destroy destroy Donald Trump, you know, going into the CIA stuff? Is he going to destroy him or is he going to go softball? And, of course, there are some people who say, Father Margin, how can you say this? Trump is our savior. He, you know, he's so good. He, he's Tucker's going to be so honest. Well, with Trump and Trump is going to be so on his back with Tucker, you know, it's kind of something like, guys, come on, let's be serious. Let's be serious. He's going to destroy him or he's going to get him a softball. There's, there's no, there's no middle ground here mm-hmm. um, because there's, there's too much information out there. Too many questions to ask um, about everything uh, to either to, to play some sort of middle ground and, and to not do anything. Um, but it's, it, it seems very weird how people are, you know, trust Tucker so much. I mean, if Tucker wore glasses, I don't think he wears glasses, but I think if he wore glasses, one lens would be his Episcopalianism and the other lens would be his liberalism, his Lokian yeah. liberalism. He sees well, everything. Actually, so I, so th- thank you for saying that father. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to give it back to you because a year ago, Tucker Carlson went to uh, Hungary and he gave a speech there and I was listening to the speech yesterday because I, I don't know why I was driving and it was on Twitter and I was like and I finally figured out how to listen to something on Twitter while still see the map on my car and stuff. So, <laughs> all right. All right I, I have finally welcomed myself into the 21st century and Tucker literally goes out there and he says, my philosophy is enlightenment philosophy. My whole worldview is enlightenment politics. I am a classical liberal trained by enlightenment philosophy i mean he literally admits it in budapest i don't know if he's ever admitted it in the united states of america but you're exactly right that is the worldview through which he sees everything uh uh uh, uh freedom of speech is great the marketplace of ideas from john stuart mills is the best thing ever the cream will rise to the top let let everybody say whatever the hell they want and 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 the may the best man win go ahead yeah so if one of the things that always got me was uh Tucker Carlson crying foul against the against Ukraine, for instance, about religious freedom, because as we all know, there's a schism in the Ukrainian Orthodox Church between the Moscow Patriarchate and the the Constant, uh, Constantinople Patriarchate, um, and the Ukrainian government was was in a sense persecuting, going after those who were loyal to the Moscow Patriarchate. Why? Because uh, Patriarch Kirill sees himself basically as a, a a double of the civil leader of Putin. And so, um, I mean, all the surrounding areas like Georgia, who are very conservative, we played a video a couple of weeks ago of uh, an anti-gay pride march um, that a lot of Georgian Orthodox, I mean, they attacked this, this pride march and were very, you know, aggressive, violent, all that kind of stuff, because they'll have none of it over in Georgia. But they're starting in Ukraine against Russia because they know 
the fact that Russia's aggressors. Well, Tucker Carlson is all about, hey, religious freedom, religious freedom, alignment, freedom, religious freedom. Ukraine is violating religious freedom. They're the bad guys. They're violating religious freedom. I mean, I, I have uh, the, the joy of having some fr Russian friends who have families, their uh, husbands and fathers, and they've had their ch children baptized. And um, one of them was lucky enough to find a, a Byzantine Catholic priest to baptize his child. And he told me that because he had done that, Russia won't let him back in the country. He can't go back home to visit. And his brother was also looking for someone to baptize his child, but because he knew that if this Byzantine Catholic priest baptized his child, he wouldn't be able to go back to Russia. He wanted to go back to Russia. And so he, had, he literally didn't baptize a child for, for a couple of years just to find a Russian Orthodox priest to baptize his child. And so Tucker Carlson, supposedly Mr. Guru, smart guy, you know, does all his does all his research, supposedly, is crying foul that Ukraine isn't, you know, doesn't have this principle of religious freedom as if Russia does, as if Russia does. Um, and so he's he's really just uh, and then also, you know, at one of the lenses being Episcopalianism, um, he, he really doesn't shouldn't see a problem with Ukraine being all pro gay pride flag stuff. Um, whereas other 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 countries that, you know, will break off, bro broken off from the Soviet Union, like like Georgia are the same as, as, as the Russians in this sense against the gay pride flag. But I mean, would, would Tucker stand up for Georgia? Because right now they're trying to, Russia's actually trying to annex areas of Georgia. And of course the Russian patriarch, uh, Kirill, whenever, whenever Russia annexes territories, the patriarch annexes all the, the, the churches within that jurisdiction as well, stealing uh, churches and properties and all that kind of stuff from the Georgian patriarch. And so that, that makes the, the Georgian patriarch upset. And so, um, there's not exactly this sort of idea of religious freedom when Russia goes in and annexes territories and the Russian Orthodox Church steals um, parishes and properties and, and people away from another patriarchate. So where's where's what's where's Tucker coming from? Father, I've been told that the Russian Orthodox are our brothers. And I, that, I, I, and that it's the that. same religion. I've heard that from some professional grifters. Uh, Ryan, since we're talking about Ukraine, I want to sort of uh, I want to ask you a compound question and sort of pivot this back into the sort of mainstream GOP because there's the there's the Trump trucker Trump Tucker thing and then there's the mainstream sort of GOP thing. Um, Trump says that under his watch that the Ukrainian war would never have happened. He says it must end. He says the killing must stop. Hundreds of thousands of people have died. Uh, that he would end the war. He, he's not, he, nobody ever asked him for specifics. Tucker, Tucker never pressed him on it because Tucker didn't specifically ask him about Ukraine. He brought it up. So it was not part of the interview, uh, but, but Trump intervened. The only GOP debater was VeggieTales Vivek. I call him VeggieTales Vivek because he's a vegetarian. He's uh, because he's a Hindu, which means that he believes in the same God as the Novus Ordo and they all worship the same God together. Nevertheless, that being said, Ryan, uh, VeggieTales Vivek said, I'm not going to send more aid to the Ukraine. I don't believe that we need to monitor the Ukrainian-Russian border. We need to monitor the United States border. Now, I know some of you, the, the sanctimonious people are going to say, well, Ron said we should invade Mexico. I'm saving that question for Alberto, of course. Um, but but so, so, so don't talk about invading Mexico. But... Everybody else, I mean, Nikki Haley was like, basically, you know, I don't care about the United States. We have to fix Ukraine. I mean, it's like, I, they might as well have been. Let me tell those you, apply those to protect it's our not homeland, that Nikki. Israel that needs is America. America needs on? Israel. Okay. America needs Israel, Ryan. 
We don't need it. I mean, they don't need us. We need them. Yeah, exactly. We need them because we. Who else will direct all of our domestic and foreign policy if if not for them? Um, Trump's claim. I mean, it's part of all the bravado. Oh, look, I destroyed ISIS. I destroyed ISIS. Yeah, he told them to stop U.S. funding for ISIS, and ISIS fell apart when they could no longer pay a king's ransom to these guys uh, or pay various governments to let their criminals out of jail to go fight in Syria. So, and then that's ISIS kind of fizzled out. Um, but when you look at the, the whole of, uh, you know, this, you know, no one did it better than I did. No one did it better than I did. And so let's just look at it. So Russia's invasion of Ukraine. What that is, is a challenge to the entirety of the post-World War II order, of the United Nations, of every last element of the World War, the post-World War II order. And the fact that they could do it, and the worst that ever happened to them was sanctions, it completely undermines the entire rise and detra of pretty much the entire political game since the end of World War II. So Trump, what, was, what would he have done? Would he have made Putin a better deal? Would he have made the, the Ukrainians back down? Given the, the fact that Trump cannot uh, you know, manage his own administration, he had people in his own administration that, that would betray him left and right, if we remember everything that went on there. Um, he, he couldn't even call and ask a question about uh, why a prosecutor was filed who happened to be looking at a Hunter Biden. Maybe that was the right thing. I mean, it was a criminal thing. I don't know. I don't care. I'll let the lawyers figure that out. But Within his own administration, people are betraying him. How when he can't even control it over here? How is he going to make Putin back down? Because one thing about Putin, um, you know, Russia is a very authoritarian state. It is also anti-Catholic. It is not a good state. You know, I, I don't go into the Russophilia, and I, I think everything that we see over here from Russia is largely a show. It's not real. So in the old, look, they're building up all these Orthodox churches to use the Orthodox church as a means of projecting state power, ultimately, just like under, under the KGB. And that's not a dig at the Orthodox per se. That's rather what, what the Russian government hopes to accomplish with them. He's, and we talk about so many, and maybe another time we'll really go you know, hard and deep into why Russia is such a problem right now. It's just they look better because, well, they banned uh, alphabet people. What's well, great, but... Um, you know, they, they don't have, you know, Putin is not doing things for our interest or for civilization's interest. He's doing things that are in his own political interest and Russia's interest. And he is a good politician, whatever else we're going to say about him. And I don't have a whole lot of good to say about Putin generally. Ex-KGB agent, I don't trust him. I know people think, you know, it's the greatest thing ever. No, sorry, I, I don't trust him. What would Trump have done to make him balk? Would he have been able to get the Ukrainians... And to to back up when the neocons are all set up there, have we forgotten the the conative Newlands, Victoria Newlands, declaring that you know admitting that oh yeah we have all these bioweapons in Ukraine. Where exactly do those come from? How do they get there? You look at through the money laundering, the arms trade, human trafficking, all roads lead to Ukraine, right? Just like in the 1980s, they all led to Afghanistan. Things the neocons have done in terms of setting up all these the the Silk Road going through Ukraine. And it could be that's part of Russia's interest in invading Ukraine. I don't know, you know, whether the, the, the national interest of ethnic Russians in the Donbass region, if that's just a show for that, or if that is the real reason, I, you know, I, I couldn't know that. So it's I don't believe Trump would have had the ability to do anything different than uh, than Biden in terms of at least in terms of the you know sanctions and things like that. So it, it just really isn't believable unless he could have gotten some serious concessions out of the Ukrainians. And given 
all his enemies are already there running everything through uh you know you know their you know their plans and their their network over there in ukraine i highly doubt that trump could have gotten a uh, sufficient concessions to get putin to back off yeah i mean uh, i think your first point about trump bravado is very on point trump can speak about hypotheticals in bravado as well as he can claim that he killed uh, Soleimani and he killed uh, al-Baghdadi in the same way that Obama claims that he killed bin Laden. Uh, he didn't do anything. It turns out that picture was fake where Hillary's doing this and they're like, oh my gosh, and they're all looking at a blank screen because they weren't even watching the thing live. So that the whole thing was staged. It's all theater. Uh, but Alberto, with respect to, uh, and you know this question is coming. So- I had to I had to stop and like pinch myself was I was I didn't watch the GOP debate live either. I just caught the highlights. But as I caught the highlight of two Indians debating about what United States taxpayers should do with their money. Meanwhile, a Floridian says that we need to invade Mexico, invade Mexico, kill the cartels on sovereign Mexican territory. I I I started to think to myself that like. This has to be the end of the Roman Republic. As we, I mean, we're literally what let one guy's like, let them eat cake. And like Asa is like, I've, I'm wearing a, a Jewish flag on my, on my lapel pin because nobody's more Jewish than I am. He's like off on the edge of the stage about to fall off. Um, meanwhile, the trusses under Chris Krispy Kreme's stage had to be doubly reinforced. We're talking about you don't just sister in those 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 two by sixes. You triple those bad boys to hold that guy up, and he got booed off the stage. Um, the whole thing is is a farce. But what what are your thoughts about multiple members of the GOP said we're going to put United States military forces on the border, and then De Sanctimonious is like, well, the only way I can raise them or, or, or escalate this is to just freaking invade Mexico. Should we invade Mexico, Alberto? No, of course not. What well, if uh, I, I just don't understand why anybody would want any candidate for president would want to put American boots fighting the the cartels? I mean, I, I understand in the sense that it's a it's a grift, but it would never it would it would just never happen. And that, of course, the problem is always that they have to look at problems that are outside of the country as if there's not enough problems already in the country. So it's going to be Mexico's fault. Uh, uh, but wait a second. Why, why is Mexico the way that it is? What is get, getting moved through Mexico that is uh, trying to find its final spot in the United States? Who's consuming yeah. those products that are moving through Mexico? Yeah. yeah, I mean, this goes into the idea of Everybody knows about blood diamonds, thanks to Leo DiCaprio, whatever. So people in Africa are dying to get your engagement rings at, in Zales, right? People in Africa are dying to get your electric vehicles onto the Tesla lots. People in Mexico are dying because half the country is cracked out of their mind or medicated out of their mind or self-medicating, Adrian, because they live vapid, hollow, uh, shallow lives meaningless lives, miserable lives in many cases. And the misery comes from above and below. 
It comes from the government and the, and the system of usury that we have, the state-sponsored terrorism against the family, uh, the meaninglessness of, of, of most people being atheists, uh, the, the, the terrible lives that, that many, many people in these United States live, and they don't know how to unite their sufferings to the cross, etc. Uh, so Adrian, on Catholic Drive Time, taking drive time so seriously that he only drives for the rundown, um, Mexico is a hellscape, not because of anything that, uh, that, that they've done. 200 years we've been importing Protestantism, Freemasons, Protestant Bibles, destroying the Catholic faith in Mexico. And now we use it basically as like our offshore storage facility for our drugs. Adrian is rendered speechless the first time. This man makes his living on Catholic radio and has nothing to say. Father Martin, the next most brown person on the show, I got to go to you. Mexico was wrecked by the United States. There's even a word in Spanish, which I forget what the word means, but its specific translation is American meddling in Mexican eternal affairs. And that word was coined in the 18th century. Yeah, as Alberto, I think, has brought up on, on the rundown before, the, the famous words of Porfirio Diaz, saying, poor, uh, poor Mexico, so far from God, so close to the United States. <laughs> it it kind of sums it all up because, I mean, the United States destroyed Catholic Mexico. The United States destroyed Catholic Mexico. And, I mean, we've debated once before, right before the Civil War. Testing. Is Adrian back? Am I back? Adrian, you know tell us about Mexico. Should we invade? Yes or no? Ah, there we go. Um, well, for definitely, I don't think we should invade. Uh, I do think it's kind of funny. We, uh, talking about all that, but we failed to mention the Mormons as well, invading Mexico. Um, the Muslims also, I, I've heard uh, from people that, uh, there's a wide, uh, breadth of people who are converting to Islam in Mexico. Uh, so it's very bad, but the idea that we should invade other countries in general is a very typical, um, reactionary Thing that kind of riles up the base, but it's a terrible, a terrible idea because what do we plan to do when we invade? Just wipe out the cartel and then what? We just let there be chaos in Mexico? No, we need to, if we're going to do something like that, it would require us to then occupy Mexico and then make it part of the United States. And so what are we going to do? Just grow the hegemony uh, further? Uh, it seems like a really bad idea all the way around. Um, it definitely has to do, so we have to do something though to prevent this from happening, but I think most of that can be solved by just enforcing the laws we have already here in the United States, um, building our border wall, enforcing our border laws, um, deporting people, uh, discouraging the amount of people who are coming across the border. All these kind of things that will actually do the work of uh, decreasing the amount of people coming over illegally. Uh, not to mention, as I guess, a side note, um, birthright citizenship, uh, it's very strange, very strange idea that we have here in America. And I, I feel as though, um, and I haven't done too much research into this, but birthright citizenship seems to me to be something that is, um, was, was created in order to give the slaves a opportunity to become Americans in an easy manner. And I don't think, and I think we're highly abusing it in the 21st century uh, beyond what its intentional use was, initial use was for. So I think this is something that might have to, we looked at it as well because St. Thomas Aquinas, when talking about immigration, says it may take several generations for an immigrant to then adapt to the society that they're coming into. This is something that we have to keep in mind because 
country has a has a right to their laws, and the people coming into their country have a duty to obey the laws, and that is a Catholic principle. Uh, once we can uh, argue over how many people we can we should allow over and the details therein, uh, but what we know for sure from Catholic teaching is that this is uh, we have laws and we have to enforce our laws. All right, let's get into some of the other stuff that was discussed at the presidential debate, uh, Ryan. I, I, one of the one of the main things was, you know, Fox News had per, had forbidden any of the hosts for bringing up Trump or mentioning Trump in any way. Of course, that that fell through, and Trump was, of course, mentioned. Um, as as you as as you saw the debate progressing, Ryan, um, you know, the, the, it had to be addressed. You have Mike Pence there who. Um, who claims that he had no authority to nullify the election or send it back to the state legislatures or whatever. You had Chris Krispy Kreme uh, Christie, who was there to try to make the case that, you know, Trump is a, you know, is a vagrant and, and, and despises the Constitution and that Pence did a good job. And there was generally like an attaboy to, uh, to Pence on the stage, the most boring, forgettable human ever to exist. Never going to be the nominee. Not even close. Won't be. Not even worried about American cities in favor of Ukrainian cities. Yeah, that's right. It's not my concern. None of my concern. The only thing he's concerned about is yeah, yeah, Zelensky and 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 the other Jewish actors, bad actors, or the ones that are transvestite who have a billion dollars in a in a Miami condo. So, nevertheless, notwithstanding all of that, I thought that the the, the discussion about the Constitution and the constitutionality of how. Uh, you know, of how Pence behaved was an interesting one. A lot of boos. There were a lot of boos. And then, and then, and then chat GPT, VeggieTales Vivek comes out. It was like, Trump was the best president in the history of the world. Um, it was a spectacle. But what about the Trump illegal thing when the, and the, and the election that we're not allowed to say was tampered with on this platform? Right. Although I think they changed that. I think they, they allowed it. We'll see how long that lasts. But um, the we haven't gotten struck yet. So although maybe I just jinxed it. But yeah, what about that? You're still not allowed to talk about it. You're still not. Allowed to talk. I mean, literally, we were looking at the fact that Trump and how many other people, eight to 10 other people were indicted for essentially um, doing the exact same. We, we talked about this last week, doing the exact same things that Democrats do quite frequently whenever a Republican wins and just, you know, giving his free speech rights to to suggest that uh, something went wrong and call for investigation, whatever things you know, here, there and there. And they continue in the mantra. It's like, I mean, if even 10 percent of Dinesh D'Souza's 20,000 mules is true, if even 10 percent of it is true and the rest of it is all false, that means there were serious irregularities in the election. But that shouldn't be surprising because all elections, in my opinion, are are rigged. And I guess I could jump in the full full metal anarchist on that one or I just kind of leave it alone. But <laughs> at least as far as the last, the 2020 election in Trump, um, he talked about it. That was about the only interesting thing uh, when talking about that Pence actually did have the authority. And I was looking into that and he's right, at least at the time, because they changed the law subsequently. But Pence did actually have the authority to... Yeah not certify the votes or not. And it, ultimately it is his call. He can call and decide not to and just decide, yeah, we'll leave it alone. Or he could do something, could have done something about it. But the constitution is the only reference when they want to, Oh, we got to sound good to the base to all them. And them, you know, right wingers that still care about constitutions. We need to pretend like we care. 
And let's find something we can pretend to care about, even as we sign away all your constitutional rights with every other bill that we approve. You know, it's completely empty rhetoric. They're not believable. Like I always say, you know, politics is show business for ugly people. I think Alberto put it perfectly. It's a show. Let me let me ask you one question, Ryan. So Pence made the argument, not that he refused to decertify the election, but that he didn't have the authority to decertify the election. Do you think that he's either not bright enough to figure out that he did have the authority, or do you think that he's just lying? I, uh, I don't want to say that he's lying without proof, because I'd have to know what's going on inside his head. Um, his career does not convince me. He is the most, uh, the bastion of truthiness. So uh, I look at, at the very least, he might have been confused in his own mind about what his authority was, or... Um, you know, or the alternative would have to be he was lying. Um, it's, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he had no clue what his actual authority was or got bad advice from someone. But I, I don't, it just doesn't seem right if he's going to say, okay, I didn't choose, I, I, I couldn't do it. Um, then again, he's either misinformed or, you know, yeah, he's lying. So that, that's really what it comes down to. There's no, no, no uh, third option there. Okay, follow up question. Stacey Abrams has denied the uh, results of the uh, gubernatorial election in Georgia in 2020. She has said that the, that there was she was robbed, that the voters were disenfranchised, that she actually won the election. Um, Chris Christie agrees that Trump should have been indicted for denying the results of the Georgia election, etc. How big? How how reinforced? Do you have to use? Um, like steel I-beams to reinforce a stage where Chris Krispy Kreme Christie and Stacey Abrams are on the same stage together debating about the merits of Trump denying the Georgia election. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I'm actually reminded of Cardinal Dolan making the quip um, at the uh, L Smith dinner in, uh, was it 2016 that he was hoping Chris Christie to be the nominee. That way somebody of uh, greater girth than he was would be there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to hand it to Dolan. He can be funny when he wants to, but oh, man. yeah, with that, I mean, Stacey Abrams and here's the, here's the thing too. It's it, she lost the election by all discernible things. She claims all these things that she's factually wrong too about the things that she claims happened. All the people have gone back through her claims and, and been able to debunk them, disprove them, uh, et cetera. The same way they claim to be able to do with all the Trumps, some of which they can others. I'm not, I'm not really convinced, but beside all that, uh, the media comes in. And if you're not, uh, pop culture nerds like I am, Star Trek Discovery, which is a horrible, horrible show, like all new Trek, um, which appropriately abbreviates to STD. Uh, it, it literally had an episode in its, was it its fourth season or fifth season? I forget where they, they'd gone into the future and Stacey Abrams was the president of the Federation, which prompted a whole bunch of jokes about, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and that's no moon. That's a, that's <laughs> a former gubernatorial candidate, but they, they depict her as the president of this Federation in the future in like the 32nd century or whatever. Why they're, they're actually entering in to give a direct, political commentary on the current events. It's not even an allegory at this point, like Star Trek VI is a nice allegory to the fall of the Soviet Union, right? No, this is a very clear, we, Hollywood, are going to get in and say, yeah, we think she won too, because, because she's one of us, you see. 
And the cultural zeitgeist then, you know, comes in again to continue planting that image. So in their minds, they do not see any distinction between <laughs> Stacey Abrams coming out and saying, um, you know, that, that I, I won. Really, I, there was all this fraud here. And yeah. Trump saying it, they in their minds, they really believe it's OK for her to say this, but it's not OK for Trump to say this because orange man bet. Right, right, right. Uh, Father Gerke, you are with us. Uh, I think I can see like an outline of your face, very dramatic lighting. I love it, Father. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yes. from from the from the Midwest. I won't say where you're from. I guess if you don't want me to. Um, I'm just I'm just hiding in my bunker in the in windy a, city. In an underground, non-windy bunker. Got it. Uh, Padre. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Father Gerke, um, I don't know where you stand on on these, you know, these GOP wannabes, the Vivex and and the, the Sanctimonious. And uh, you go down the line and Asa Hutchins wearing the Israeli flag. I, I'm sure we, we maybe agree on that. Uh, but but the 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 idea that we are moving in a direction in which it doesn't really matter if your vote counts or doesn't count, you know, it's nebulous. You don't really know. It's just a sacrament that you go through in the sacrament of democracy. Um, somebody gets elected or appointed or selected or whatever the, the, the right word is that you could say on this platform. Um, we're moving in a direction where no, neither political party though offers a real solution to the problem of the corruption of children, single motherhood, um, the destruction of the family, um, the, 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 you know, the, the corruption of innocent souls, the grooming, all of that stuff, let alone the usury and, and, and the entrapment and the taxes and whatever. We live in a world, Father, where I, I know a guy very well who got an email from his county today. And the county said, hey, unless you pay your taxes, your county taxes right now, we're taking your house on Monday morning at 10 a.m., and we're selling it at a tax sale. That's that's the home of the brave and the land of the free that we live in. And if you are in arrears on your county taxes, your property taxes, uh, the rent that you pay to the government, they're just going to take your stuff. And the alternative is just homelessness. Um, what is is the sanctimonious? Is Vivek Ramaswamzi going to save us from this? Is Trump going to save us from this? No, no one's going to save us from this. We have to save ourselves. And the way we save ourselves is through our and Savior Jesus Christ and living our Catholic faith. That's how we save ourselves. Um, this political uh, circus that we're in is, uh, you know, just what we're going through. It's what's been prophesied. Um, you know, we... Unfortunately, we're just the poor souls in the victim of the circumstance. But nonetheless, you know, there is a purpose. Obviously, you know, not saying for the better good that we need to support certain candidates necessarily, but rather that we do need to be active as best we can in the political realm to try to right the wrong to bring truth where there is false and, and so on and so forth. And I mean, obviously 
anyone who owns property, you know that you don't really own it. You're just paying rent to the government who can come in at any moment and say, well, we're taking this land back. Um, and they can use whatever excuse, justified or unjustified, to do so. So it's unfortunate, but yet it is what we are in right now. And the only thing that we have to keep us right is the Barker Peter, is the church. Even though the church right now is going through crazy times, or as one of my bishops say, interesting times, we know the faith. We can read the Catechism of the Council of Trent. We have tradition on our side. There's no excuse anymore for it, for ignorance. There's no more excuse for ignorance. So we just have to double down, triple down, quadruple down on our faith and know our faith. And that will get us through the darkest times, the craziest storms. Um, but yet we still need to be realistic that we are in this world, not of it. And we, we need to be practical in how we live our life and not submit to the errors that we are being put through with political parties, but rather find practical means to circumvent and write these errors. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Father. I, I, let me kick this over to Father Martin as well. I mean, what... We got to find practical ways to avoid the errors and all these things. Let's just go to the specific example of you got a family guy. He's got a bunch of kids. He he had he has his house. He he's behind on his property taxes, and then the pro the the county says we're taking your house. I mean, like how do you not uh, comply with uh, with with the Stalinist demand that like you come up with the money? L literally, it's like you have one day to come up with the money. And if you don't, then the county's taking your house. Your kids are homeless. I mean, how do you proclaim Christ the King in a system like that? How do you proclaim Christ the King in a system like that? Um, man. In one sense, the obligation kind of falls to the rest of the Christians in a sense because, I mean, we're supposed to have mercy on the orphans and the and the homeless and um, those in need, the poor and whatnot. Um. Someone can be behind on their property taxes for any number of reasons. Um, could be incredibly expensive where someone lives, you know, low income property, but high property taxes and whatnot. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it also goes to speak that, I mean, the system is unjust and something needs to be done about it. There's, there's a lot of people that, I mean, complain about such a thing, but I mean, how many Catholics are there that can do something about it, but don't? Um, there, there are a lot of injustices in our society that Christians and Catholics especially should get to work in changing. Um, but because uh, many uh, live in middle to upper middle class lifestyles, they're just kind of not priorities. And so there, there, is, there should be a certain, I'm not going to call it a preferential option for the poor, but nevertheless, helping the poor is something that was is extremely Catholic. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we just had the feast of Saint uh, Saint Lawrence, of course, who had the uh, famous uh, um, event where the Roman um, the Romans demanded that he hand over the 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 treasures of the church because he was he was the the treasurer there in in Rome for the Pope, 
And of course, he sells, he gives all the money to the poor, but then brings in the poor to to the court and said, "Here are the riches of the church." Uh, I think, I think we've lost that that attitude, so to speak. That um, I mean, we're we're okay with giving a few alms here here and there, um, but a, a real true love, a love for the poor, and, and a real a real hatred for these injustices in our systems. Um, we're we're we just like. Uh, um, living our, our faith comfortably in a comfortable area where our own pocketbook, our own bank accounts aren't threatened. Yeah. Well, nobody really threatens a bank account or a pocketbook quite like the lethal force of government, the exclusive use of force, uh, Alberto, where you have literally a system that we live under, we labor under, where the government can take your property for any number of reasons, as has been already said, uh, for imminent domain. We, we need to build a road. The government needs to just go ahead and take your stuff. You need to leave. Or you didn't you know, pay your rent to the government, and the government gets paid first. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, period. End of story. That's Caesar's plan. Uh, nobody cares about rendering to God what's due to God. That's like secondary or whatever. Uh, Alberto, when... Solzhenitsky moved to the United States when others who escaped communist Russia moved to the United States. They were like, wow, I, I had no idea that you guys are also communists here too. It's just a softer form. It's just cultural Marxism. It's just a little bit different, but you guys emphasize individualism over the family. You guys love the state. Everybody's, everybody's in the federal government. Nobody cares about their local government. Um, it's not getting any better. Um, I go back to the same question. I think I maybe already asked this of you. I think they're going to off Trump. I think that's part of the script. I think they were already, <laughs> I think they were already forecasting that. I think they want us in civil war. I think they, the left wants people disgruntled because they're going to propose a solution. And the solution is a status solution. Instead of getting a good old fashioned American strong man on the right, we're going to get a good old fashioned American tyrant on the left. That's what I think is coming. That's what I think they're setting themselves up for. That's where they're going to indict Trump and indict him and indict him. And when that doesn't work, they have to kill him. That's the funny thing. Of uh, Ryan mentioned uh, uh, when he was talking about Mike Pence and, and the vice president's authority, whatever. That's like trying to put out fire with fire. So you're trying to do something within the system using the system itself. That's meant to not be fair in any way whatsoever. It's it's simply not possible. And uh, there's a there's a certain topic that has been going around with uh, the the heavy talk about politics in the United States right now at the presidential level. Uh, some Europeans I've on X I've been seeing saying it's really difficult for an American to be anti-liberalism. Uh, Mike, as you said. You, they came from Russia and then come to the United States. And wait a second, who do you pay property taxes to? Now, is there something wrong in and of itself with property taxes? Not necessarily, but check this out. So you're paying property taxes to who? Is it to a, to a person? Is it to somebody, to, to a lord over, over the property that you have? No, you pay to the state. Who, in, in theory, who are we told, at least in public school? I went to public school. Who are we told in public school runs the state? It's the, the people. So you are, it, it's the people. Each state in the United States, it's a, we should just start calling it the people's state of Texas. 
and so on and so forth, because that's that's what it is. You're paying taxes to the to the people. That's communism, whether we like it or not. But we are led to believe, thanks to the public schools, thanks to liberalism, to, to believe that caring for the country means that you have to play by the rules that are set up by who? By liberals, by Freemasons, by anti-Catholics. So you have to play by those rules, otherwise you're not patriotic. So we've been led to believe that being patriotic means upholding or giving and or giving leg legitimacy to a system that's meant to be antichrist. It's just not possible. So that's that, that's why it's all a, a show because we're trying to solve liberalism with more liberalism. So it's not possible. But your Europeans know this. We are signed up to support the groomers. Mm -hmm. If you want to own a house in the United States, real estate, if you want to own land, if you want to own a farmstead, you have to subsidize the groomers in public and it, and schools. And, and so here's the thing also. When you fly over Europe, what, what do you see? Town, you see all of these different little towns. That's Catholic. That's Christendom. But in the United States, we are led to believe that, oh, the most base thing that you can do is you just got to get a, your, your house and be away from everybody. That's why in almost no other country, that at least that I've seen, there's a house with four walls. It is extremely rare. Everywhere else in, in the world, people live in community. Not in a communist way. See, that's, where, that's why Americans don't even know what communism is, because they immediately will say to that, well, that's communism. No, but that it's living with with people that are mm -hmm. of your your own people, you know, your family, your community. But over, but in the United States, it's one of the only countries that I've seen where it's normal for a house to have four walls and be apart from everybody, and you have your own things and that you cannot are use you, with wait, anybody. Are you telling me that there are no strip malls in Christendom? <laughs> are you against strip malls? What is wrong with you? There you go. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name, and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician. Of a mill worker's son who dares to defy the odds. The hope of a skinny kid with a funny name who believes that America has a place for him, too. All right, just as a general reminder, you are listening to or watching the, the, uh, the Rundown on the Rundown YouTube channel and or with our radio broadcasting partners at the Crusade Channel, crusadechannel.com. Father Mark. Um, all right, guys. They say that it's making a comeback. I... I refuse to believe it. I think it's a psyop. I think it's disinformation, but we will cover the story tonight. Father Martin, they say that the dreaded virus is coming back. They say that the lockdowns are returning, that the Biden administration is preparing for them. We're only weeks away from the trust the plan. I, and that's what it sounds like to me. I know. What do you think, Father? I saw a video today on uh, Twitter or the website formerly known as Twitter, um, a nurse that worked in the anesthesia department or whatever, but her boss came in and said that in two weeks, there's going to be a COVID crisis. That's right. Two weeks from now, 
and they're gonna be needing all the all the bays, all the all the beds, and all that kind of stuff. So so everybody get ready. In two weeks, it's gonna be here. And of course, she's you know recording this video. She's like, how do they know that in two weeks this problem is gonna be here? Like the first time around, nobody knew, and so that's why it was a huge crisis. But now, um, uh, now we have a heads up. <laughs> Now we have this heads up. No, it's it. Obviously, the first time we got it, it was it was a matter of of control, a mass control, and they're gonna try to pull it off again. And they're gonna think that uh, those of us that they didn't get the first time, they're gonna get us the second time, because I guess I don't I don't know. We're beat down so hard from the first time that uh, the second time around, we're just finally gonna obey or something. It's, no, every everybody everybody's awake now. Everybody's awake. So. Right. We'll see exactly what what kind of spin they do on the second time because I mean they have to have something else in mind uh, well, besides just the same thing again. That may be Ryan. Okay, so I I'm with that. I'm with Father Martin. I don't see it coming. They're not going to do the same thing twice. I think White Wolf is in the chat. He agrees. However, however, let me kick it over to you. Let me let me just propose this to you, Ryan. One of the things that communists love to do. I mean, if they love to do anything, they love to do this. They love to be lawless. In plain sight, they love to break down you know, the mental barriers you have between what you see and hear, your emotions, uh, your senses, and your brain, your logical power, your, your cogitative power, right? So they're trying to break down the link you have between uh, the, 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 th- the thinking part of your brain and, and the rest of your body. They're trying to, 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 to cease your thinking. So that's why they are lawless in plain sight. They love to break the law. They love to rub your nose in it. And they love to force you to believe what they know is a lie. You know it's a lie. And even better, they know that you know that it's a lie. They want you to believe the thing that both of you agree is a lie. And that may be why I sort of think it's possible that COVID's coming back. What do you think? I think it's a certainty that it's coming back. It's just a question of when and in what manner, because you have, um, I mean, it's starting to come around. People are starting to predict, and we've kind of expected it to come back, actually. It's surprising how long it's been, but you're already seeing the beginning of uh, institutions are starting to put masks on. Um, there's people are taking pictures or they're in stores where they're actually saying mask up. Those signs are going up. Um, even though everyone knows it, it, it's complete BS, it's complete nonsense that, that they do absolutely nothing, um, you know, in terms of stopping respiratory viruses and whatnot. So, you know, as we, we know that thing, most people that would have been willing to comply last time will not be, I hope, we'll, we'll test that, I suppose. We'll find out the next time they bring it around. Um, but I do think they're going to do something. And I, and I also agree, I was going to make that point uh, that Father Martin made, is that whatever they do this time, and you know, whenever they do it, it will be done differently than it happened last time. Although, on the one hand, I almost wouldn't be surprised. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they did the exact same thing and when people started disbelieving it and you have it basically trying to manufacture the outrage, get people to, to get violent, to get <clears throat> to, to react so they can come in and preside over the chaos and say, okay, see, we have this emergency. We have to do this because of whatever. But, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm more convinced it will be different. And, and however it's going to be different, I don't know. Uh, it's going to steer us toward climate lockdowns too. And so watch, because that is the the anvil and, and that and, and the carbon credits and, and the whole technocratic infrastructure is the hammer to completely destroy 
any freedom that we'd still have left. And, and so COVID has been a, a marvelous tool for them in that way to get, you know, try to move that, you know, that Overton window of what's acceptable, what's allowed, what can be done and, and to keep pushing it. I think that's what they want. They really want to keep pushing, uh, you know, that. And so maybe they're gaslighting. Maybe it's not. I mean, so here's kind of, this is where I think they are ruling something out. So here's Alex Jones. I'm not going to do the whole clip, but um, just a little bit of it. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a call yesterday. An individual was in town and they wanted to meet with me that I know well. And they are a high-level manager in the TSA. And I went and met with them and had a cup of coffee with them. And they said, you got to warn people. Tuesday, we got called in, the managers, and told that by the middle of September, that the new policy is being written, that this is done. They were told this is happening. This is not hypothetical. You will all have to wear masks again, and so will airport employees. Then by the middle of October, they are going to say that everyone flying has to wear a mask. And in the meetings, people began to ask them, well, I mean, why is this happening? They said, well, because of the new variant in Canada and because of the WHO, they may you know, declare this. But regardless, we've been told this is going to happen. I can keep that going. And so the day after, the very day after, what do they do? All the news reports start talking about different variants and whatnot. And meanwhile, all of this stuff goes on. And one thing, the big elephant in the room that nobody is really talking about, especially not in the mainstream press, is the uh, the pandemic treaty. I don't know if anybody has been following that or is aware of that, but the pandemic treaty is where the WHO, everyone's going to you know, sign on to uh, basically giving away their national sovereignty to the World Health Organization. So when they declare a pandemic, these measures will have to be adopted. And every member state will have to adopt those. And that's the the treaty language that they're they're trying to ratify and, and get in there so that you'll have this ultranational authority that's going to be directing how each and every country responds to COVID. And they won't have a choice about it, allegedly. Now, how that actually works in principle, we'll find out. But um, if they also have the central bank digital currency and all these things, they, they really could put some teeth into that. So, you know, whether it's really going to come, because Alex Jones, I have to say it, uh, I, I think he is an Israeli agent or, I mean, that he, he was listed as as, a, as one in the Stratford intelligence drop a few years ago. I think he's mostly there, you know, to cause, cause make the other side look bad, uh, discredit areas where where legitimate inquiries going on and people are kind of waking up and then have him come out oh yeah we can't believe that because that's just alex jones stuff um he might have been genuine at one time i i think now you know in, in this case it might just be somebody's purposely feeding him misinformation too or feeding him true information to get him to get people worked up i don't know um you know so so i don't personally buy that element but i do think we are coming into something where they are going to start bringing in different things or it'll be uh, you know, some other type. I think there'll be a newer type of restriction they're going to come out with. I don't know specifically what it is. And so, but my general predictions are watch them really ratchet up the language against ca uh, cash 
they're going to, you know, cash is dirty, cash is in all your pockets. And again, it touches all these things and spreads all these germs. So that's dangerous. Wear masks. That's going to be the big thing. You're going to have to wear a mask again. They're going to push that. And while everyone really? fights that. Really? You, you, you really think yeah. that's coming back? I think it's coming back. I don't no. know how widespread it will be, the, the adoption of it will be. But what we saw last time is even people who didn't like it, they said, well, I can't lose my job. So they, they begrudgingly wore it. And I think that's how they're going to get people again. All right, Father Gerke. I, I know gotta, it's coming. I, I know. I got to ask you, is, is it coming back? I mean, look, so many. I know it's coming back. You know it's coming so, back. I know it's coming back because, um, unfortunately, uh, because we're a small mission here, um, I have to have a secular job. And my secular job is in the medical field. So I work for a large medical providing system. And we've been getting emails the past couple weeks, mandatory mask, uh, making sure everybody's wearing masks. They're coming back and asking us about booster shots, promoting booster shots, promoting all this stuff, uh, getting information about these variants and so on and so forth. Um, and now I don't, I know I've talked to you, Mike, about this. I don't know if I've talked to it on any program, but right before the first COVID pandemic came out, every single healthcare system in the United States of America switched over to the metric system. Every single healthcare system went from using Fahrenheit to Celsius, using pounds back to kilograms, using the metric system for our uses of measurement when uh, healthcare, right before COVID. That was about maybe a month before COVID happened that we were already, you know, rolling out the metric system. Because why? Metric is a universal measurement. And if you're going to have a global pandemic, you need a universal measurement system, and that's the metric system. So right then and there tells you that this is already in the works. Now, I can tell you right now, um, all the doctors, providers I work with, they're freaking out. They're, they're masking up. They're, they're yelling at people who aren't wearing masks. They're, they're making sure masks are like the big thing now. And I politely tell them to go pound sand. I do. I'm like, no. Show me the medical science. Show me your science, please. And researching, please. Because I'll show you mine. And we'll, we'll have a conversation. And then they just back down politely. But I can tell you right now, there is something in the works. Mid October, right be, right at the beginning of flu season, and this is the other thing: those flu vaccines that they're going to be pushing, be very cautious with those because I don't think they're going to be 100% flu. I think they're going to be mixing stuff in there, and they, they've been mixing stuff in there for a while now. But I can tell you, unfortunately, and you know what? At the at, at the end of the day, I'm gonna I'm gonna, and I and I've been battling with this for what three years now. Um, between being a priest and being a healthcare provider, working in the secular world, um, the moral ethical dilemmas I face daily. It will be a cold day in hell before I take any more shots. Well, uh, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, I do not. I haven't trusted them for the longest time, and I don't. I, I don't trust them even more. And I warn anybody for the salvation of your soul and your well-being. Don't take another shot. 
Adrian, before we get canceled, I want to. I mean, unless it's whiskey or scotch. <laughs> before <Seriously>. the. Uh... <laughs> Thank you, Father. Uh, yeah, that's right. We did talk about the metric thing. That is interesting. Adrian, you're the most normie on the chat here. You are by far the most center, normie, Catholic. You have your ear to the ground with all those normie, I don't know, FSSP people or whatever. Um, do you think that we're headed to another lockdown? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I'm not convinced. I think that they're testing the waters. I think this all the announcements and these uh, throwing some, uh, some, some light fire is to just to see how people react. Uh, the university that did implement it, uh, some particular fields implementing it. I, I honestly believe that the situation is as such that they are trying to see how the people react, gauging the reaction on social media, um, and then more importantly, see what the enforcement is like amongst the people in those particular areas and fields and seeing how it's going to play. And I think the there's been enough backlash um, that they're probably going to get scared away and they're not going to do it. I do think they're going to do something um, to try to move towards um, rigging or of shaping, let's say, of shaping the way the election is going to come very soon. And my thoughts are climate change. It seems like that's a, the, the new drum they're hammering. I uh, think about the Maui fire, fire, and see, um, it's very, it seems like they're trying to, um, trying to blame the whole situation on climate change there. And I think it's something that we have to keep an eye on because they are for sure going to do something to try to uh, curb the vote and try to uh, censor the vote, we'll say. And, uh, you know, you were, we were talking earlier about Stacey Abram in, in Georgia elections. And I, my hot take on that is that the uh, maybe Stacey Abrams is actually correct and the election was rigged. And he um, is trying to avoid getting looking into his election by because Donald Trump and team wanted to investigate Georgia's election laws and uh, see what it's been doing for the past X amount of years. And he's worried that he's going to get in trouble. So Wait, go, who's the he? Is that Brian Kemp? You're saying that Kemp was involved in an election scheme in Georgia? I think that it's definitely possible. Wow. Wait, I'm starting to get really excited with all this uh, lockdown talk. I can't wait for the Nobles Order to be canceled again. It's going to be awesome. No more Nobles Ordos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, well, you know, somebody brought up Dolan. Uh, he'll be the first to gave. I mean, but he'll do it with like a joke. Um, Supage will be the question. first game. Well, Dolan, Dolan came out and said, oh, we got a question whether or not we, we did things correctly, whether we, we should have closed or whatever. And so the next time it'll just be like, yeah, let's Stupid is going to shut down Chicago for sure. I don't know. It depends on who gets the, the biggest bailout from the government. America, take a good look at your beloved candidates. They're nothing but hideous space reptiles. It's true. We are aliens. But what are you going to do about it? It's a two-party system. You have to vote for one of us. right. This is a two-party system. Well, I believe I'll vote for a third-party candidate. Go ahead. 
Throw your vote away! <laughs> All hail President K! <laughs> Don't throw your vote away on a third party. Where have I heard that before? Hmm. I've heard that a time or two. I've heard that a time or two. Okay, somebody brought up the fires in Maui. We've talked about it for a while. I, th- I guess last episode we talked about it. But what we didn't have, I don't think we have the video here. I wish we did. Uh, we don't have the video of the laser, the laser burning all the colored materials, except for the blue material, uh, superimposed. I can get it with, for you. Hold on. Superimposed with, uh, the, by the way, the color of the roof, that Oprah Winfrey has. Oprah Winfrey is now the proud owner, as of a few weeks ago, of more than 900 acres of land in Maui. Um, she's buying up Maui. Meanwhile, the prices of real estate there are depressed. The insurance carriers are saying, well, we can't build your house anymore because you had some uh, some zoning infraction or whatever it is. Um, lots, of, lots of stuff going on. But we have the, from the bully pulpit, the man whose job it is to be the consoler in chief, he really knows how to empathize with people. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not on a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded, No, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the expression is, God made man, then he made a few firefighters. You're all crazy, thank God. The only people who run into flames to help other people. I'm feeling like it's time to get a blue roof. I don't know about you guys. I think the ladies' I color. It's a great color. Um, I, I don't think that the particular frequency used within the electromagnetic spectrum by the directed energy weapon uh, has has a great effect on the color blue. It uh, it refracts the uh, the energy and it's and it's all good. Now I don't know how long we're we're able to say this on YouTube. Um, so that's, that's another thing, but father Martin, I, I'll throw it back over to you. 
as we look at the fires in Maui, now there's fires in Canada, and there's fires in Europe, and there's fires in Australia. They will burn your house down until you live in the pod. They will burn your house down until you agree to become vegetarian. They will uh, send the, uh, the, the, the ticks after you to bite you and infect you with a new variant of Lyme disease to make you allergic to red meat. Uh, they will burn your house down until you agree to live in the pod and eat the bugs and know nothing and be happy and all of those things. They will send active shooters into your schools until you agree to unilaterally disarm. That is the country that we live in. People are unwilling to say that. But, I mean, honestly, what do we do about it? How do we fight back? <laughs> Buy a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in one sense, this world is not worth saving. In a sense, I mean, our Lord is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. We can't say this thing. This thing always had, a, had an expiration date, you know? The only thing we can save is our souls. And so all, all of these things that we're having to put up with, I mean, our Lord is passively allowing them, but for some sort of greater good. And the, the biggest, greatest good is, is the sanctification of our soul that we, that we get to heaven. And so that's ultimately is a priority. It's not so much, you know, how long we live, but how well we live. Um, and so we're, we're going to be tried where our faith is going to be put to the test. And if we die martyrs, we die martyrs and, and martyrdom is a crown, you know, uh, the feast of the assumption the day before the vigil of the assumption is uh the feast day of uh saint maximilian colby and one of his stories is that uh he had a vision of our lady who offered him two crowns one of martyrdom one of uh one of virginity and she asked him which one do you want and smart answer he said both um <laughs> uh, so he got he got both um but we should also have that that sort of attitude is whatever crazy times we live in yeah we do our best to survive provide for our families all that kind of stuff but eventually they're going to corner us um, just like that uh, Cristero martyr priest who's dressed in his vestments like, up against the wall. Eventually, we're all going to end up there, up against the wall, in front of a firing squad. And, uh, well, we put our hands together, you know, uh, say an ave, say viva Cristo Rey, and uh, enjoy, reward, or enjoy our eternal reward. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Ryan, I got to tell you, man. I think you've been in a conspiracy game longer than anyone on the rundown, possibly longer than all of us combined. I'm not sure. I think you have some tenure in it. We're li we're literally witnessing though Operation Blue Beam like in real life. This is the literal Operation Blue Beam. Um, you need to have a blue roof, or the government's not going to you know set your house on fire. Um. I don't know what to do with all of this information. We got everything's fake, fake food, fake science, uh, fake epidemiology, uh, fake theology, fake, fake Pope. Fake Pope. I mean, fake. Yeah, you know, fake, fake. Did Norby just say that? <sighs> Way to stir the pot, man. I, I, I was going to sneak him in fake Pope, fake cosmology, fake ecclesiology, fake. Sorry, sorry Adrian. Sorry. It's okay. The, the bishops love Adrian, so he's he's fine. Um, you know, F Father Martin's advice. You go back on mute there, Mister Mister Drive Time. Father Martin. <laughs> Father Martin's advice was okay. Yeah, fake money. Sorry, I I forgot the fake money. Um, was advice was to just fold your hands and get shot. I mean, I get that, and that's probably the the higher answer. Um, in your situation, 
You know, you got eight or nine souls depending on you. I have some souls depending on me. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot to digest here. How do you even make it through the day? You've been predicting these things longer than any of us. You've been watching them come th- come true. H- how are you not like a, a substance abuse victim? <laughs> not yet. Um, basically, the, there's a there's an ambiguity of mind that you have to keep on these things that you you know it, and um, I don't know. Maybe it's the um, you know, I try to emulate St. Thomas more in that. Um, how well I do, I don't know. But, you know, he'd keep two, you know, different things, which he had to do as a lawyer, keeping different propositions in his mind. And so you have to have that same type of ambiguity of mind when you deal with these types of things, that, which are really, really dark. And I don't think I've ever come up here and said even a tenth of what I actually believe about the world and what's really going on. Um, probably just because of uh, community standards and that sort of thing, community guidelines. But, but even that... Some of it is, if even a tenth of what's out there is true, it's still a really dark place. I mean, we're dealing with the fact where you have uh, elites, multi-generational elites that (laughs) believe they are the Malthusian prophets and that 95% of the Earth's population has to go. They really, truly believe that. They've said it. All the people who currently have the means to influence and control government from, you know, whether they're the, the, the hub that a lot of spokes go into, like a Bill Gates or a Klaus Schwab or someone like that, or you're the people who really were the movers and shakers, the, you know, the Rockefellers, for instance, um, the, the the Red Shields. I dare not uh, <laughs> go too much further on that one. But, you know, the culture in these societies, it's not like there's one guy that picks up the telephone, calls up George Bush and says, I want a rock bomb tomorrow. That's not the way it happens. Right. There's, you know, massive numbers of groups with lots of power and capital and they meet and they make decisions. You didn't elect them. You're not going to elect them. And they believe some very, very dark things about the world. Some of the means of control they have developed that just we see right now uh, that's already come out. People were predicting they just didn't know what form it would take. Um, You know, it's it's almost preternatural. Some of the stuff they've come up with and which should be surprised given uh, who a lot of these people serve. So. You have to have a certain level because one, you have to have a trust in God and a belief in hell. You need both those things. Why? One, there is a temptation because you see that that all these people are going to do these things and yet they're not going to get punished by the powers of this world because they are the powers of this world, as it were. So and that's where a belief in hell, I think, is extremely important and necessary because they cannot escape God's justice. And they will suffer, and we actually, you know, in this life anyway, in heaven, you know, you'll be imbued with God's justice, and so you you won't have the same, you know, feeling. But, you know, knowing what they will suffer, actually, you, you almost pity these people um, because what they're going to suffer is so horrible, and we need to endeavor, and then that's the other side. We need to endeavor not to suffer the same fate on our, our own. Materially speaking, um, actually going back to some of these Cristero priests, you know, they, they continue to, to act. They would... Uh, dress up in plain clothes. One of them was, I can't remember his name, who is a musician, right? And uh, he, um, you know, one time some federales you know, accused him of being a priest and he, and he didn't deny it. He just said, I'm a musician. And he is. So he played, and he's like, oh, show us. So he, just, he was just a genius on music and he played music for him and did a whole uh, concert for all the federales and various forms of music. And they tipped him and paid him and sent him on his way. Went back and said mass somewhere that night for, uh, for people who were all huddled up. Uh, in a room somewhere eventually they did catch him but he had a great run 
you know, evading federalities and do with different disguises and things like that. Uh, I can't remember this particular Chris Terra's name. Somebody who's more uh, studied that a lot more than I do will have that down. And so, um, you know, it is the game. It is the, the, the great quests that we have. And we just happen to, unfortunately, it's like that line in Lord of the Rings everyone loves to get to. You know, of course, we wish we didn't live in, in his times. You know, so, you know, or, you know, Frodo says, I wish the ring never came to me, Gandalf says. You know, so does everyone who lives to see such times. But all you have to do is to, to decide what to do with the time that's given to you. And it's a fantastic line. That's why so many people repeat it, because they're in real dark times or real bad things are happening. And we're in, in a similar uh, situation as the, the, the rather, um, you know, fictional fantasy account in Lord of the Rings, but where it's the same type of evil that we're arrayed against. So, um, you know, one, you don't want to get too involved in it. Like I threw went through a period a lot heavier into researching it than I do now because I have more practical concerns I have to deal with. So I don't, you know, spend as much time in those spaces as I used to, but at the same time, you know, you have to, as you're reading these things, you got to trust more and more in Christ's victory because you don't want to black pill. On, on life, on existence. You don't want to do that. Uh, as it doesn't lead you to anywhere good. Um, and, and if you look at it, you know, if it's because I'm by human means, there's there's no there's no I don't think there is victory by human means at this point against uh, the power that they've arrayed against us. God is going to have to step in and do something. And what that is, I, I don't know. There's one pro, uh, prophetess, uh, Mary Julie Jehenny. And she's the one who pretty, you know, foresaw the burning down of uh, Notre Dame. So we made a picture based on what she described. It looked exactly like the spire of Notre Dame collapsing that fire a few years ago. And she, you know, in her revelation, she says that God will do something to the elite you're not expecting. And they're going to know that God did it. And they'll be so angry. They're going to release uh, a lot of the evils they've been working on. And there's be mass devastation on the planet. And I think when you look at society where we don't even know what a man or a woman is as in a society wide um, and uh, bring every sort of deviancy to every corner of the globe. Um, you know, I think we're at the point where, like the flood of, Noah, you know, similar to the type of the flood of Noah, God has to step in and just completely destroy everything to rebuild it again. And so then that's where I see everything tending, whether you can talk about, um, you know, FEMA camps, uh, the other stuff I probably shouldn't mention lest we get banned. Um, Don't do know, it. Don't do it. I know it's tempting yeah, yeah. in the moment. I know. I'm often tempted in the moment. Not going to do it. Uh, every, but, so, okay, fine. Everything's fake. The gentlemen, lightning round. Anybody can jump in besides Ryan. Uh, lightning round on everything is fake. What do we do about it? Alberto, go. Raise your families in a way that they're, they are not as attached to the pleasures of the world as, as, they're, they, as people are in most countries. We are just so comfortable. We are so used to, in this country as Catholics, uh, of a blending in where we are more worried about being American than being Catholic. As uh, Bishop Mikkel says, I identify as baptized. So, so yeah, raise your, raise your family with, with less comforts and it will pay off eventually. All right. Turn off the AC when it's hot outside. Got it. We, I, I think I can manage that. Adrian from Catholic Drive Time. How do we see through the fakery? If it, if all the news is fake, if all the if all the if all the uh, the bishops are fake, the bishops or whatever, who said bishops? Uh, fake pope, fake bishops. Where are we going with this? Fake so bishops, the, Adrian. The question is, uh, is what do we do with uh, with fake bishops? 
No, no, no. You can add, yeah, no. What do we do with fake news, fake science, fake money, fake food, oh, fake okay. agriculture, fake everything, fake moon landing, fake round earth, whatever it is, fake bishops, what, whatever you want to answer, fake pope. Okay. Got it. Got it. I understand. Well, you know, there's, uh, there's always, it's kind of an interesting point whenever we tell you to think about, okay, what is the situation? Because the, okay, let's take, for instance, you mentioned fake money. Well, that's, simply the case that that's that's a reality the money our money is monopoly money we just print it out and make it uh, and just start using it i know the argentina is talking about taking the u.s dollar and using it as their currency uh, but at the same time as that has happening japan uh, not japan but uh, brazil uh, china um, russia are all talking about creating their own dollar uh, to or their own gold standard to fight against the u.s dollar that's very concerning and everything is even if uh, even if we speak more colloquially everything is fake um, even our from um, our food our packaging our lifestyle it's all plastic and I guess um, it's very much reflective of uh, the popularity of the Barbie movie where a lot of very uh, effeminate men if you can call them men went to go see the movie and were overjoyed to watch it and I think this is something that, uh, but so what do we do? What's this, what's the solution to this? Well, I guess the answer is that we have to be grounded in the, in the real, we have to be grounded in, in Thomism, uh, which is, uh, the realist tradition. And if we're going to be grounded in the realist tradition, we have to have real things. And so we build ourselves up with things that are actually, um, have value. Uh, that that means we have to go to antique shops to buy our furniture. How, that, how that do you? Has, has to be an element of it. How do you know what's in the Barbie movie? Did did you watch part of it or or all of it? <laughs> uh, he listens to all the e priests. He listens to all the uh, e priests talk about it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, excuse me, Senator, when did you stop beating your wife? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't watch it. I I have only heard uh, many different people talk about it. Um, and some priests claim that they went to go see it for research purposes. And I saw them talk about it. Um, and I definitely seen clips of it uh, from uh, on YouTube and things like that. Uh, someone sent me the, the... I actually did see it, but that's because I'm doing a film review channel. And eventually I've got to, unfortunately, review. I have to say, I think about an hour in, I said, I need to rethink this being a film critic because this is terrible. <laughs> but uh, it, it was like a good terrible, like as the construction of the movie in certain ways was uh, on the scale of crafting this misanthropic anti-family propaganda. It was well done in that for that purpose, but it, it was just it was just horrible in terms of what what they're actually trying to present. As, as you watch the Barbie movie. I had to because I've got my. I haven't finished my <laughs> review yet. Um, we're gonna well because because Stein and uh, Odin from OMB reviews and myself. We have a Catholic nerds uh, film channel, and so got to produce videos for it. They had to. They had to. Ryan, Ryan did, did you run into any bishops at the screening? <laughs> well, my bishop <laughs> lives eight hours away, and then the bishop in Spokane has plenty of theaters if he wants. So, um, so no. Um, but it was a pretty any... packed theater, though. Almost all, you know, moms, wine moms, and, and uh, young girls. And there are a handful of guys there. Actually, I saw some of the guys, like boyfriends with their girlfriends. Like, I feel so sorry for those guys. What about, what about, were there any you know, e priests there? Like priests who wine can box. feet backwards yeah. or anything like that? 
No, I, I didn't see any of that. But no, that's, that's a good place to be. Eight eight hours away from your bishop, man. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> like the may the Lord bless the bishop and keep him far, away, far from away from us. From me. <laughs> right. Father Barton, how many hours away from your bishop are you? <laughs> no idea. I got at least a two days drive. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's not coming out anytime soon, is he? I, I mean, I, I, he's welcome. Send him the link. Send him the link right now. I know. Jump in, Your Excellency. Gee whiz, we're about to do the unpops, and you know, I mean, nobody's more unpopular, I think, than uh, His Excellency Bishop Meikle. Ah, now the moment. I'm sorry, my dog hit the button. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. Prepare to be mesmerized. Get on your tinfoil hats. Get out your pies for opinions more unpopular than an alpha male at a gender studies retreat. It's the Rundown's own Unpopular Opinions segment. Ryan, you traditionally go first. You have to do the unpop tonight. My unpopular opinion is there will be no 2024 election. Ooh, Ryan came to play. They're going to cancel it. Ten words or less, Ryan. You, I am man. I'm voting for that one. I'm abstaining tonight because we have so many guests on the show. Uh, so we got to go to Father. Your, you don't need to abstain. No, that's okay. It's I'll not like we put out a poll. You don't need to abstain. Oh, that's true. We 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 never put out the poll. All right, fine. I'll jump. <laughs> in. All right. My unpopular opinion is that um, electing a non-Christian as a GOP candidate would be the death blow for the GOP. They've already gone gay, and and renouncing uh, conservative values. The only thing left is to be resembling of, of something of a Christian society with, with Christian morals and whatever. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Vivek Ramsawamini um, has in his Twitter bio, truth, capital letters, truth. Okay, you're a Hindu. You don't know truth. Truth is Christ. You don't know truth. It's all it's all a LARP. It's all fake. I thought they, so, were, they contemplated the divine truth. Exactly. So, Well, he, no, he's, a, he's a monotheistic Hindu, so he worships the God of the, of the Noble Sordo. And Church. so when it went, exactly. And so when he places his hand on, what is he going to place his hand on when he, when he swears an oath to, to, to you know be faithful to the Constitution, to the to the new Catechism of the Catholic Church, to which to which God is he going to profess his oath? One of his million hundred million Hindu to the, gods, to the Abrahamic God, or actually, is it Kamala Harris a Hindu god? Kamala, he, he's not even Abraham Abrahamic. He's like, <laughs> you know, so, when uh, the, there was a Muslim in um, uh, what was it, Minnesota? It was am I, am I thinking of the right guy? I got the name is it Keith Ellis. Is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah. Um, when he when he was sworn in, he wouldn't use the Bible. Instead, he he uh, managed to secure get uh, Thomas Jefferson's copy of the Quran brought that he could put his hand on and swear on that. Thomas Jefferson. This guy was, this guy was the wife beater too, right? Wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being invaded by my animal here. Okay. Death, death blow to the GOP. All right, Alberto. Uh, unpopular opinion from uh, the the based. Most base Mexican. Well, now, now that Father Martin stole my unpopular opinion, uh, I, I posted about how how is it possible that 
people are voting or considering voting for that guy. Anyway, my unpopular opinion is that we talk about traditionalism, et cetera, et cetera. There is some, something odd going on, as, as we all know, that tradition is growing so much in the United States. However, my popular opinion is that there, there is, it is not possible for now, while it is being upheld and sort of the flame is being kept alive, that it, it is not possible for Americans to be the standard carriers of, of a tradition. It's not in the, it's, it's just not in the Anglo-Saxon blood because it was the, the, the king apostatized. Uh, and there's definitely something odd even in American traditionalists. So that's my popular opinion that American traditionalism. Oh, what what is, is the what is that odd thing that you note in American traditionalists? What is the odd? It, it's it's the same thing of like you see American trats that will go and buy their house in the middle of nowhere to be away from everybody else. That's that's not Catholic. You what about, what about the whole idea of homesteading and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, Alberto? Well, if you look, if you look at homesteading, the use of the word started rising in the 1850s. So it's a uh, while obviously farming is necessary for our society. Not everybody can be a farmer, and if you study the the history of the Soviet Union, you couldn't slaughter your cattle without government approval. So they're they're homesteading going and moving away to build your own farm is literally not going to do anything by the time the communists uh, openly come into power it's just not that's not the that's not what's going to save your life if that's what what do you think it is uh, and we know that by studying the soviet union mm. father and you can grow on an acre you can grow two thousand pounds of food a year that's almost enough to feed chris krispy kreme <laughs> I don't think that's enough to fit, to fit the St Stacey Abrams and Chris. No, Stacey uh, needs two acres. Two acres, Stacey. Two acre Abrams. She needs an Abrams tank to get around. Uh, Father Kirky, uh, unpopular opinion from uh, the, the, the bunker in the non windy city. I mean, wow. Um, very good unpopular opinions tonight. Hard to compete. Um, I think my unpopular film is going to have to be if you're not going to a traditional Latin mass or a Byzantine Eastern Rite Orthodox Divine Liturgy, you are not Catholic. Ooh, dang. Strong words. So you're saying, are you agreeing with Alberto that the Novus Ordo, who worships the Hindu god or the Islamic God or the Jewish God, whatever it is, all the same. That that the Noah's Ordo isn't Catholic. Yes, I, I mean they have proven themselves in the past seventy years to be further and further removed away from Catholic teaching. All right. Well, uh, 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 the bishops all love you, Adrian. How are you going to follow this unpopular opinion? You need now. Remember, you need to escalate. This is an escalation of force, so um, hit us with your best shot. Well, my my unpopular. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. Loud and clear. Testing, testing. Can you hear me? Leave Loud me. and clear. Okay. Okay. Cool. The so here's an unpopular opinion. I'm not going to be the one that's going to 
that's going to rock any boats in terms of uh, bishop's offices. But this is a uh, a unpopular opinion I got in trouble for before, so I wanted to uh, uh, to give it out again uh, on the OS platform. So here it is: women who dye their hair is are taking the first step to transhumanism. Uh, dyeing your hair is a cosmetic physical change in the person that is uh even if done with a to your natural hair color you're denying the natural aging process and this was a precursor to the um, transgender movement and ultimately the trans um the transhumanism movement and this is uh very bad and we should not be uh, as catholics uh, dyeing our hair um so sorry, ladies. I, I have uh, the old the uh, ladies get very upset with me on this one, but I think that that's the case. I think makeup also in general uh, would also fall under that. Maybe um, allowed for just like restorative in terms of like covering blemishes, but that's about it. But in terms of the hair, um, let it go gray. You know, Adrian's just doing all that he can to ensure that he will have a vocation because he, he will never get married. It's over. It's over. <laughs> you know, my, my, I don't know if you guys, wherever you guys live and wherever you are in the in the live chat or if you're listening to the, the, the rebroadcast on crusadechannel.com, Crusade Max, our broadcasting partner. When Adrian brought up women dyeing their hair, I have seen so many boomer women with like blue or pink or purple hair. What is it with the boomer women and the pink or blue or purple hair? Why is that a thing? You already protested against authority 45 years ago. You were there at Woodstock. You were there ruining society. Are you are you not done yet? Are you not content with all the damage you have done to our society? You boomer <laughs> woman with the blue hair. What the hell's wrong with you? You still have to get it in before you die? <laughs> I don't think I don't think uh, I don't think Mike has any strong opinions about this. I don't know. And Mike, I I, could you do us a favor and give us your your real? The grift, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan, you're the grifter in chief. I am the grifter, the king grifter. Oops, yeah, I did unmute. Excellent. All right, let's see. Uh, perfect. So we still have um, the life of Saint Leonard of Port Maurice. Again, I do highly recommend uh, this book. Just you know, hot off the presses, uh, fantastic book. Although if you're in the book club, don't get it because it's coming out next month <laughs> in the book club in September. I think. Once I change my mind on that, no, I think I am going to do that. But anyway, so September that'll come out. Awesome book. Uh, just on his life and virtues, his preaching, his miracles, his devotion to Our Lady of the Blessed Sacrament. I talked about it more at length last week. And I'm going to grift another one that I have uh, talked about before. Heroines of Christ. Great book. If you got daughters who have birthdays coming up and they are at uh, homeschool, you're at a middle age. If you're at a middle school age reading level, this should be fine. It's written extremely well. Adrian can attest to that. We talked about this on one of his shows. Uh, it's a great book with a number of uh, uh, you know incredible female saints. Well written, easily digestible uh, stories. Uh, Saint Eulalia, early martyr. Saint Flora, Saint Gemma Galgani, Joan of Arc. 
Margaret Mary Alacoque, um, obviously St. Therese, St. Agnes, you just, uh, um, you know, all of these saints in there. Great book. And then, um, so I don't have like a big work on St. Alphonsus. Uh, I do have one in the works. It's coming. Um, it's being edited right now uh, by my team and uh, my my shipping concierge who's outside waiting for me to play darts. He will be at hand to ship those out when they get done. Uh, it'll be oh, a really nice on, uh, live on. Did, What Did he get a promotion? Did you promote his title, the shipping concierge? What was I his title did. two weeks ago? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just going to inspire him to, to throw like a 180 every game. <laughs> I, do it, I swear. He was on fire last night. He smoked me. Or, anyway, um, where are we at? Yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> my shipping clerk, my shipping concierge, uh, as I upgraded his title. Anyway, he'll be ready to get those out. So it'll be a very nice, you know hefty life of san alphonse is very wonderfully written um it's a translation that father faber worked on back in the 19th century or he or his team of oratorian translators and uh was originally a five volume work and they're kind of smaller so i'm trying to put it into two two volumes get all of that together into you know nice volumes just to so you're not paying especially with the hardcover it's automatically expensive to me for any hardcover but if i can just have two we can bring down the overall price for that so that'll be good but I don't have that yet. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out my life being what it is, um, you know, since the passing of my wife and everything. So I do have this book, um, which is a marvelous, fantastic work on Blessed Mary Celeste, who was uh, the very reason why there was a St. Alphonsus, right? She was a nun uh, to whom uh, Christ revealed the redemptorist rule. And in the, it's her spiritual journey and, and her, her, all her mystical doings. It's so well to this is more than just a biography. It's it's one of those biographies that is both fact based and hagiographical in as much as it's written from the light of Catholic faith. And it, and it brings out the depth of her mystical experience and her mystical life. Um, you know, just uh, it, it details, you know, how Christ revealed her to the Redemptorist rule. So she's the founder of uh, Redemptoristines, that is Redemptorist Sisters. And unfortunately, they, they collapsed since a certain event in the 1960s. And as a result, you almost don't even know they exist anymore, actually. But she was beatified in 2018, I believe 2018. I translated part of the uh, the beatification decree for this book. Because originally it didn't, it said the Venerable Servant of God. Mary Krosterowska's in the 30s when the book was written. It wasn't, um, you know, she hadn't been beatified yet. And the priest is like, oh, hopefully one day she'll be beatified and canonized. And well, 70 years later, that happened. So you can read about it here. Um, just a magnificent saint, excellent reading. Um, you know, I can't recommend it all enough. Mediatrixpress.com. That's it? That's it. <laughs> My grift has been on my uh, little name tag here on my screen all night long, www.westandmonks.org. Uh, of course, I mean, two years now doing the rundown, you all know the the grift, starting a monastery, uh, trying to pre preserve the traditional Latin mass and the traditional Augustinian charism, especially when uh, lockdowns are supposedly rumored coming 
once again, in mask and possibly church closings, um, you know, I'm open. So uh, feel free if you are so inclined, um, prayer, prayerfully inclined, hopefully, uh, to become my monthly benefactor. $10, $20, $30 a month uh, is, is a significant difference. It's, it's a significant help. Um, of course, we have uh, nearly 5,000 people watching almost every week. And so if, if all, all of you contribute just a little bit, I mean, you're making a big difference. You're part of a, a big difference. So be part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, make sure that uh, we're able, we're around to continue to forming uh, to form new uh, religious, new seminarians uh, to be able to be able to provide the sacraments for um, for you guys whenever the Novus Ordo Church gives in. <laughs> All right, so my grift is a very rare sight these days, but very a very important one. It's uh, the long sleeve shirt. <laughs> no, no, man, no, nobody wants to see your disgusting arms. Ooh. There's, there's no reason, you know. Oh, but it's hot outside. Okay, and I'm unrolling my sleeves right now. <laughs> I'm I, I'm not like I'm not like James. If if you need to roll up your sleeve, you know, to do some stuff, that's fine. But yeah, that's my grip. Long sleeve shirt. Father Gerke in the not unwind, so, remarkably stable wind. Right. Um, well, we just got over over 100 degree temperatures past couple days um uh so grifting uh for missionary franciscan christ king um if you're discerning a franciscan vocation um we would be more than happy to help you out with that um also any donations you can make uh .org. um there's means to contribute to our missions our apostolates all over America and the Philippines and the United Kingdom and Europe. Uh, you can go there, check out, see where you can donate to. Uh, greatly appreciated because, like as Father Martin said, um, we have not stopped, nor will we stop offering the sacraments and the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And we will be open at, for anyone who needs the sacraments. So any way you can support us, greatly appreciate it. Uh, know that you guys are all in our, my prayers here at the Priory and our other priests and religious. Um, we pray for you guys daily. So um, thank you for anyone who has contributed and uh, for any other donations. Greatly appreciate it. All right. Super cool. Um, the one thing I will start off with is Heroines for Christ that uh, Ryan mentioned, Mediatrix Express. I can, in fact, confirm. I actually bought five copies of it originally. I gave one to my sister, one to my god uh, daughter, uh, one to a friend, one for myself. Um, that's it. For four, not five. So highly recommend. It's an excellent book. Cannot recommend enough. I'll grip that for him. Uh, check out Catholic Drive Time. On YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, or on the radio if you're in uh, the Guadalupe Radio Network market or Catholic Spirit Radio market. 
Um, my personal podcast is Catholic Conversations, if you want to join me there as well. Um, that's the, If you'd like to donate to the Guadalupe Radio Network, you're welcome to do so. Tell them Catholic Right Time sent you. And um, Adrian, when are question. we going to have a Catholic Conversation? Um, when, when do you want to? Come on. Just, yeah. Just it's like not at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, Ryan, I asked uh, you, you to come on and talk about Robert Bellarmine. Uh, you're welcome anytime. You're welcome anytime. Uh, Mike, okay. uh, you're welcome anytime as well. Let me know. Ryan, need, uh, Ryan needs zero prep to talk about Bellarmine. I've personally witnessed this. This man drove 27 hours straight, got out of his car, walked into my house, didn't sleep, and was like, hey, you got any smokes? You got any booze? All right, let's talk about Bellarmine for three flipping hours. Wow. Oh, that was That's impressive. <laughs> it was That's impressive. impressive. It was impressive. Yeah, just have I'm him on. I'm not doing that. Have him on. Mute yourself. Go use the potty. Yeah. <laughs> Do your taxes. I don't know. I don't know. There we go. Uh, and the last thing, uh, question for uh, for everybody watching. Um, since obviously um, the consensus among RTF is that uh, I will never get married because of uh, my uh, opinion <laughs> on women women dyeing their hair, um, which, should I join the Oblates? Or should I join the Franciscans? Um, or is there a third option? Uh, leave a comment down below. I don't think you're based enough to join the, the Oblates or the Franciscans, Adrian. So. <laughs> you're right. I'm too normy to join both of them. You're right. You're, you're right. Jesuit. True, true. He so does true, think, King. So he true. Yes. that Frank the Tank is Pope and the Earth is round. So we've, we've got to work on him. I mean, we really have to work I also on believe him. in the moon. Really? It's part of formation. It's part of formation. You work on these things in no vision. Do you believe? Do you believe that Vivek's people, Vegetail Vivek and and uh, and and Hindu uh, Haley, her people landed on the moon yesterday? Um. Well, you know, it's um. I would say. I, I would say it's possible. I it's think possible. it's possible. Who was there to, to film? I hope it? so. I want my panic Panera moon cheese, man. Yeah, well, we saw we saw the landing. So who was filming the landing? It was me. <laughs> who got that camera angle? Who was already on the moon, the dark side of the moon, allegedly, with all the light, filming oh, filming the Indians land on the moon? Well, at least I mean the Russians uh, crashed trying to do it, so that kind of gives the some credibility in my in my idea. It was, it was the aliens from Area Fifty One. Uh, the Mexicans are the Mexicans are not sending anybody over there, Father. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> How well, long? That's called there, a sombrero. <laughs> How long until there is a Seven Eleven on the moon? Um, I'm guessing uh, six there. to nine months. It's already there. It's Thank already there. Again. It, 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 they began construction today. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. <laughs> it's more than what the U.S. has done with it. All right, uh, last up, Mike, what's your grift? I don't have a grift. I'm just glad you guys are watching. Hey, thanks for watching the rundown. Like the video, share it with your friends, uh, go to westonmonks.org. I mean, do, do the th you know the thing. Pull the, pull the leg hair. You, you know the thing. I have two shotguns. On my home, they're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case 
We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun, buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun, you don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotgun, buy double barrel shotgun. Shotgun. You don't need machine gun. 